Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Good morning, Lifehouse. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, tell them it's good to see you on this rainy, rainy Sunday. Amen? Amen. How many know in the, in the Bible, rain is blessing? How many know we've been blessed and re-blessed? Amen? That's true. I'm ready for some sunshine, I'm a, um, but it's good to see the rain. We need that in the spring. We want. I'm on a well, so I appreciate the rain uh, quite a bit. Yeah, a couple of woots there. I got. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, hey, just before I get started in this message, just want to take a moment, really, just kind of encourage you to get in a life group. Uh, I know we're talking about that all the time, but it is critically important why you follow Jesus to walk with somebody else. And to be with someone else along in that journey. So if you haven't considered that, I'm asking you to pray about that. Seriously consider getting in a group, connecting with um, a group of people who are like-minded, who are following Christ. And this really isn't about just a connection with each other, but it's really about following Jesus and just kind of walking together while we do that. And there's a lot of benefits that I don't got time to go into with all that, but uh, super important. And just um, be prayerful about that, truly. If, um, if you're not currently in a group. Well, recently, um, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with someone, and we were talking about a preferred future, and uh, a conversation about what we would like to see happen in the future. What do we want to see take place in the future at some point in time, you know, as opposed to what's happening right now? Uh, what would be the outcome? You know what I'm talking about? Did you ever have one of those conversations where you're like, hey, I, you know, I know what's going on now, but i really like to see what might happen in the future. What if, did you ever have one of those what if conversations? Like, what if it looked like this? And, and we really kind of have these conversations on the regular. We kind of do it naturally. Uh, and it can, be, it can be as simple as talking about a preferred future like lunch, right? Some of you are thinking right now, like, what's my preferred future right now? Is it, is it pizza or is it steak, right? So how many of you are for steak, right? But how many of your wallets telling you pizza? All right, so, yeah, right? So it's one, yeah, right? You're thinking steak, but your wallet's screaming pizza. And, you know, and, you know, you're thinking about those. That could be your preferred future. Or it could get as serious as, what do I do with the rest of my life? What do I do with the next 10 years of my life? What do I do with the next 15 years of my life? And, and it was... Um, you know, it's really kind of about, when you're talking about a preferred future, you're really kind of talking about a vision for things. Now, I know having a vision for lunch is a little bit dramatic, right? Um, or is it? All right, but having a, a vision for lunch might be a little dramatic. But, you know, having a vision going forward in the future is extremely important, especially if that involves Jesus, because it actually should involve Jesus. You know, your preferred future should really about where, be about where Jesus is going first and where you're going to follow. You know, it's all about Christ. I don't even want to go into the future without Jesus. I don't know about you. I have no interest in going further in the future without Christ and without Jesus. And this conversation that I got into really kind of cost me to take a really close look at Galatians chapter 6. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to head that way. Um, turn there this morning, kind of go that direction in your scriptures. It might be on your electronic device. It might be uh, you're just going to look up on the screens. But in this portion of scripture, I want you to listen closely to the first couple of verses. I'm going to unfold the first few verses because the first few verses give us context. They really kind of um, put us where or what is happening at the time. And if you know what's happening, you can understand the why. Context is very important. You want to know the context of scripture so you can understand the content 
of Scripture. If, you're gonna, if you understand the context, it will help you develop the content, what's being said, right? A lot of times we completely misinterpret the Bible because we grab a Scripture out of context, and, and then we just make the content kind of mean what we want it to mean. You want to put it in context. What are they saying? All right, so I want to pray before we go to the Word of God. I want to pray over the Word. I want to pray over your ears, over my mouth as I speak, that God will speak to you what he wants to speak today. Lord, we come to you today. I thank you for each person in the house. I thank you for each person that's listening online. God, as we break bread, Lord, as we open the word, God, I pray that you would just, um, God, give grace to the hearers, Lord. Let this speak to them, and God, help me to speak your word clearly and plainly, and Lord God, that it might fall on ears that are listening, and Lord um, God, just do the work that you want to accomplish this morning. We give you glory, praise, and honor, and everybody said together, amen, amen. amen. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1, it says this, brother, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, Paul is writing a letter to the Galatian church. He's instructing them, and the context here is that he's talking about family stuff. He's talking about things in the body of Christ. He's talking about brothers and sisters, right? He even starts off with that. He says, brother... Right, brother, and he's talking about the body of Christ, and, and he's saying, uh, if, if somebody in your in the midst of you, if there's somebody in the congregation, if there's somebody in your group that falls prey to sin, right, we're supposed to go to them. This is one of the advantages of groups. We're supposed to go to them and restore them in a spirit of gentleness. So you're starting to get the context. You're starting to see what's taking place in this letter. What's he saying in this portion of the letter? And he said, be careful how you approach them. Make sure you're considering yourself as you come so that you're not tempted yourself. Make sure you don't come light, right, with judgmental or, or in pride or in any of those kind of ways. And then he says, kind of bear one of each, each other's burdens. This is a context. A group of Christians that are doing life together, they come together, and one of them gets caught up in a sin. And he's saying, when you go to restore them, Restore them gently, but restore them. Confront, right? In the middle of all this. Then he goes on in verse 3. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his load. He's instructing the listeners. He's going on with this. When confronting someone else about the speck in their eye, their sin, make sure you don't have a plank in your own eye. Jesus said that in Luke chapter 6. Do some evaluation. Check yourself. Check your motives, right? Check your approach. Run by another mature Christian. You know, kind of do that kind of thing. All this is in line. This is all in context of what we're going to get to with the content. Paul's saying, be honest, be straight, be humble, work to restore the person to a right place, right? Then he gives one more short instruction. He says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches, all right? When confronting, teach out of the word, Right? Instruct out of the word and learn together in that. Let the teacher learn. Let the person who's the student learn. And the context of this passage is all themed around about how we treat each other in faith and how do we restore someone who's in sin and needs confronted. This is the context. You got a picture? A snapshot of what's going on? Right? <laughs> Man, nobody said a word. All right. You got a picture of what's going on? This is the context of it? All right. This is the context. Now we want to get to the content of what we're looking at and in, in this healthy spiritual life. And Galatians 6, 7 says this, Do not be, see, be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap, for he who sows to his flesh will reap, uh, will fle of the flesh reap corruption. 
But he who sows to the Spirit of the Spirit will reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary well in well-doing or while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Now, Paul didn't change subjects here. A lot of times when we read, I've heard this preached and, and talked about and, and you know, uh, read, and sometimes we just kind of pull out this one piece of scripture, and he didn't change gears because he's still talking about the body. He's still talking about family life in, in, in amongst us because in verse 10 he says, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. And, and um, there's some great content in the middle of this context in the light of relationships, in the light of a preferred future with, with one another. And, and what we know and what we learn out of this is what we sow, we what? We reap. What we sow, we reap. What you sow, you will reap. And not only do you reap it, but you reap it exponentially, right? If you sow something in the ground, if you plant a seed into the ground, if you get a kernel of corn and you throw it into the ground, guess what you're going to get back out of the ground? Come on, help me out here corn, right? You're going to get corn. But you're not just going to get one kernel of corn. Uh, I, I did a little research on it. You'll get between 400 and 1,400 kernels of corn from one, right, right, from one kernel of corn. So not only do what you sow, you reap, but whatever you sow, you reap exponentially. So, you know, it, it increases. I love exponential increase. That's awesome, right? Your harvest will always come after you sow. So there's a delay between sowing and reaping. When you put a seed in the ground, we all know this, it takes time to get to the harvest. It does not happen immediately. That would be super cool. I would love that. If I threw a seed in and pow, that puppy come up, right? And there's a harvest. It doesn't work that way. There's a delay between. And, and he says, don't grow weary in sowing because we will reap a harvest if we sow. Some awesome content there in the middle of all this, you know, of the context of what he's talking about. But he takes this a little deeper. He goes, he pulls this part just a little bit more, and he says, there's only two kinds of harvest. Say only two. There's only two, right? And he says this, for he who sows to his flesh will reap, uh, of the flesh will reap corruption. That's one kind of harvest. But he who sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. The seed we sow will, will reproduce an eternal harvest or a corruptible harvest. The seed we sow will produce an eternal harvest or a corruptible harvest. There's only two categories. There's not three. There's not four. There's not five. Aren't you glad I don't got to preach 10 points this morning, right? Only two. Thank you for not saying amen. All right. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, It's eternal harvest or it's corruptible harvest. Every seed that you sow either has an eternal implication of some kind or it has a corruptible implication of some kind. Every seed that we um, throw out there, every seed that we throw into the ground of somebody else, it has an eternal quality to it or it has a corruptible quality to it. Any time, energy, resources that you're planting somewhere and you're pouring in, it either has eternal reward to it, it has eternal implications to it, or it has corruptible implications to it. You gotta understand, um, we're depositing something every time we come into contact with somebody else. Do you know that? Every time. Uh, no one's an island. Nobody's an island. Turn to somebody beside you right now, look at them square in the eye, say, you're not an island. 
You're not an island, right? You are not an island. You're not. It doesn't matter if you're quiet, if you're noisy. It doesn't matter if you got that soft, uh, quiet personality and you just kind of, right, you just, you get in a crowded room, you slide off to a wall somewhere and you just kind of try to hide, right? You fade into the paint if you can, right? It doesn't matter if you're social, not social. When you, when you come into a room, you're planting seeds. Whether you realize it or not, you're casting seed into somebody's life. Uh, our staff, we talk about this all the time. We have uh, weekly staff meetings, and we talk about um, uh, what took place in a gathering. We kind of go back and say, hey, what went right? What were wrong? What was confusing? Was there any of those kind of things? We go back and, and talk about the Sunday before. And one of the amazing things we always talk about is the two gatherings, because we have a 9 o'clock gathering, we have a 1045 gathering. And, and w- what we'll say is, man, how different the two gatherings were. There's just this different feel. And we realize, and you got to understand something, I preach the same message in both gatherings, and it's the same person preaching both gatherings, it's the same staff that's working both gatherings, it's the same worship team, it's the same people in the booth, it's the same teachers, all that's the same. Guess what's different? You all are, right? The congregation. So when you come in, you're casting seed of some kind. You're throwing seed out, and, and it's hitting everybody else, and, and it's going up to heaven. And if you come in with a worshipful heart, and you're ready to worship God, there's seed going out, right? If you're casting, you're coming in, and you're talking with somebody, you're casting seed all over the place. And, and it, it literally changes the room, whether you're speaking or not. You, you, can, you can come in, you're casting seed of some kind. So the question isn't if you're casting seed. The question is, is what you're casting, is it eternal or is it corruptible? Because eternal is something that lasts forever, and corruptible means it kind of fades away. It just, it decays. It kind of ruins over time. It kind of disappears, right? Uh, You can have, your car can get corrupted. Do you know that? It can rust. Anybody got a rusty car? All right? It can rust. Do you ever see a car that just flat out rusted out? It's sitting out in a field somewhere. It's disintegrating. It's kind of falling to nothingness. Right? No matter how much you paid for that thing, it's just kind of fading away. That's corruptible. It just goes away. Right? It's corruptible. And it doesn't have any kind of eternal value to it, even though you paid a lot for it. And it doesn't necessarily, corruptible can mean evil, but it doesn't necessarily have to be evil. It just means that it disappears. The house that you live in is corruptible, right? It's not going to last for 300 years. It really won't. It's going to last for a period of time. We got some around this area that's 100 years old. Some get to be 120 years old, but there's not so many houses you hear that's 300 years old. I don't know if the bugs eat it. I don't know if it just rots out, but it just kind of disappears. The clothes you wear are going to disintegrate. If you wear them long enough, and please change clothes, all right, they will disintegrate. They will disappear, right? The gadget you brought from, that you bought from Home Shopping Network, right, three and a half days. That's what you're going to get out, all right? It's going to disintegrate. It's going to disappear. The Bible calls these things flesh. He calls it, it calls these things spirit, the things of the flesh. So Paul's saying the harvest that we reap and that we put into others is either going to be eternal in nature or it's going to disintegrate. In the Word of God, at the Bema seat, when, when believers and followers of Jesus Christ stand before Jesus one day, Jesus, this is what Jesus is going to check. He, he's really going to check on us, and he's going to say, the works that you did, right, because there's only two kind of seeds you can cast, the works that you did, the things that you did in my name, the things that you did with others, it's either going to be eternal or it's going to be corruptible. 
1 Corinthians 3, 9 says this, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. I love that, right? You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no, one, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, look at the, look at the, look closely, gold, silver, precious stones, right? Different materials here. Wood, hay, or straw. It says, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, it will receive a reward. That's eternal stuff for planting into other people. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. That's corruptible, right? Fades away, goes to ash, goes to nothing, but he himself will be saved yet as through the fire. Everything I sow, everything I sow, every seed I cast, it's either going to be corruptible seed, it's just going to fade away to nothing, or it's going to be something that's eternal. And someday when I stand before Jesus, he's going to, he's going to check all that in my life, and, and he gives reward. That's what the Word of God says. He rewards accordingly. And, and, and let me help you with something here, because uh, you know Paul's talking about this. I don't think Paul's saying like every single thing that's going to come out of your mouth is going to have eternal uh, effect, right? We know there's very practical fleshly things that we do that probably don't have an eternal reward. Like you got a shower, right? Sometime this week, praise the Lord, right? Some of you brushed your teeth this morning. Thank you very much. You brushed your teeth this morning. Probably not eternal reward there of some kind. We appreciate it. All right? Especially the person sitting beside you appreciates it, but there's not eternal reward there. But what we do, we want to grab a hold of. What are you sowing? Is it something that's going to disintegrate? Because there's a lot of things I, I know that are things that are just going to fade away. But what's the balance? How much energy, how much time, how much resource are you spending in something that's going to fade and disintegrate, that's corruptible? And how much time and resource and energy am I putting into something that's eternal? When I bump into you or you bump into me, put it into everything as much as you can. Now, I'm not saying over-spiritualize things. I'm not saying, look, you got to pontificate on biblical theology every time you bump into somebody. That's not what I'm talking about. But how many know you can cast eternal seed in very simple ways? You really can. You can show care for somebody and do something eternal for the kingdom. You, you, can, you can encourage somebody and you can, you can do something eternal in the kingdom. Even in your small talk, you can, you can interject. Do you ever thread something into some small talk? Just, you ever give a, do you ever give a verbal jab to somebody? No, not a mean jab. I'm not talking about punching them, all right? But just a nice little jab. Like, oh, I'm going to just interject a little bit of Jesus right there. In some kind of way, I'm just going to throw something in. It's eternal. You add eternal value to what you're doing. Because what I sow reaps, right? We reap in other people, and you're going to sow two kind of harvests. One's eternal, and say the other's corruptible, all right? One's eternal, one's corruptible. There's another lane we can run down when we talk about harvest, and it's something that we need to understand, be really clear about. The seed I sow into others is supplied by the harvest in my own life, okay? The seed I supply to others is supplied by the harvest in my own life. Seeds come from harvest. If I've got a field full of watermelons, 
And that's what my harvest. I planted some watermelon seeds, and, and fall comes, and I've got this field full of watermelons. And, and all of a sudden, I've got a, a harvest on my hands. There's a couple things that take place there, right? There's a couple things that are to my advantage there. One is that I get to eat some watermelon. I get to pick one of those. I need to slice that thing in half. I, I said, now so everybody's a little bit different. Some of you chunk it out, right? You cut all the rind off. Some of you, like, if you're like us, we cut it like pizza and you got the rind there. And it's just the bite size. It's just right. But well, you're, you're going to get some nourishment. You're going to have, how many of you like watermelon out there? How many are you getting hungry right now? All right, you got what? My grandkids come over. If we got watermelon, any of them, man, they're rapid fire. They're just like, they're like beavers. You know, throw the rind and go for another one. They'll just go like, but, but when you're eating a watermelon, what are you spitting out? Seeds, right? So it's in your harvest that you find the seed to plant into others. So you've got to have a harvest. I can't give what I don't have. I can't pour into you something eternal if I don't have something eternal in me in the first place, right? I, I can't spit some seed into your life if I don't got a harvest that I'm chewing on myself and, 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 and I'm Harvest means it is full. It means that the exponential is already taking place in your life. It means that you're overflowing, right? It means that it's brimming over you. And if I don't have anything in my heart, if I don't have a harvest that I'm chewing on, if I don't have a harvest that's nourishing me, I don't got anything to spit into your life. I don't have one seed to give you that's going to be anything that's lasting of any kind. It's just going to be surface. I was, I had the opportunity to be at a wedding this weekend, and um, at the reception, I got to sit down beside someone, and we got into a discussion, and in a couple minutes' time, it was so cool, in a couple minutes' time, um, this person, this gentleman, began to spit seeds into my life. He began to tell me his testimony. He began to talk about what God did in his life, and, and I could see a harvest in him. There was this harvest that he had, and he just began to bless me as he began to tell me about his testimony and what God's done for him. And he walked me through it, you know, kind of from the beginning to where he was at this point. And you could hear, you could hear, and he was talking, he didn't need any notes, he didn't stop, he wasn't trying to pontificate on scripture, he was just pouring out of his harvest, and he's spitting seeds into my life. He just spitting seeds because he had something to give, right? I can't give what I don't possess. Uh, I, can't, I can't give a whole bunch of eternal fruit if it's not in my possession in the first place, if it's not there. First step in planting seed in somebody else is to fill yourself up with harvest. Do you know that? A lot of, a lot of times we're trying to dump out, we're trying to give people, we're, you know, we want to, and it doesn't it sound very spiritual, I give, give, give. Anybody ever say that? I just give. Right? It's in my nature. I just give. That's what I do. Right? It sounds very spiritual. I'm just going to give, 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 give. If you don't receive, you're not giving anything any good. You're going to give corruptible things. You're going to give stuff that's just surface and it's going to fade away. The number one thing that you can do to plant seed in somebody else's life, I know this is going to sound completely counterintuitive, right? The number one thing that you can do to plant seed in somebody else's life is to get completely full yourself. Isn't that awesome? It, it's true. You got to fill up. You got to fill up so much. You, you got to eat so much watermelon, you just spewing out of you, right? It's running off your chin. People are smelling it while they walk by, right? They can smell watermelon. They're getting hungry for watermelon just because they can smell it on you. And they get in there and you just spit some seeds on them because you're full. You're full. I know it's a silly analogy, but it's true. You've got to be full. You can't 
give what you don't have. And you know what? You won't even give if you're only three quarters full. We give out of the overflow. I, I had a layperson teach me this. I remember this years ago, Jeff Bowen, uh, one of the first places I served uh, full-time as a youth pastor and, and children's pastor, he began to unfold this, and he, and he learned this from a minister, but he said, listen, you got, you got to work out of the overflow. He was always saying that. You got to work out of the overflow. You got, it's got to be out of the overflow in your life. And, and that's because if you're three-quarters full, you're not full. So you need, right? If you're a quarter full, you need. If you're even nine-tenths full, you need. You need, and you can't give because you need. But once you get full, and then it starts getting over full, that's harvest, right? Exponentially full, then you can start giving it away. You start handing out watermelons, you start handing out seeds, you're just giving it away. That's first step, first step this morning. But that's all I want you to work on this morning. We're going to pray in just a minute. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I'm going to ask if you'd stand. Matter of fact, uh, you know, we're not packed to the gills this morning. Sometimes I hesitate because we don't got a lot of room up front. But I'm going to ask you to move your, make your way. As the worship team comes, I want you to make your way to the front. If you can, if you're able to walk, we need to pray because I want you full this morning. I want you to think about being full. You need to hear God this morning. You need to be full this morning. Yesterday, I got to experience that at a wedding. I got to experience somebody just pouring in, just spitting seed on me, right? They're sitting beside me. They're just telling me. They're just talking to Jesus the whole time. Are you full? Are you full? I know it sounds a little selfish, but it's not. Move, move forward. I tell you this every time. Move forward just a little bit. Let people slide in behind you. All right? Thank you, Duck. Appreciate that. He's running to the front. All right? Are you full? It is not selfish to fill up. As a matter of fact, can I give you an example of that? Jesus used to minister to people, and do you know what he did all the time? He'd get with the disciples, and he'd go disappear. He'd go to the mountains. Do you know what he was doing? He was filling up. Jesus, the Son of God, he was in the mountains. He's with the Father. He's filling up till he's full, and he's overflowing. And then he would come back, and he would minister to the people. And when he got back, he was throwing seed everywhere, eternal seed. Not corruptible seed, right? Not small talk, not stuff that's just going to fade away and disappear in 10 minutes when somebody walks away from you. He, eternal seed going everywhere. The number one thing you can do for another person is to fill yourself up. That's awesome. This could be, it's to get completely full. Do you know what happens automatically? I love automatic things. All right, if I can program something to do, something automatically, I love it. We've got thermostats here. We can program them. They just come on. I don't got to think about that. I remember when we first started, I was in here like, you know, I got to remember to get up at 5 in the morning, run down to the church and get the thermostats all turned on. Right, then go back home and get a shower and get ready to go. You know, I hated that. But it's automatic. The thing is, if you get filled up, you automatically overflow. You just keep filling up. If you got harvest in your life and, and it's exponential, you just automatically overflow. You don't have to try. You're not going to have to work at it. It's going to be just like I experienced yesterday. All I did was sit down and man, it just started dumping on me, right? Just started spitting seed into my life. It'll happen automatically. Get full. It's not, it, it's not selfish. God wants that. He, he wants you so full, your field so full, you don't know what to do with it all. You just have to give it away. You got to give it to someone else. Right? Where God says, seek him first, right? The, seek him first, 
the kingdom of God, and then all the other things will be added to you. He said, don't even worry about the other things. They'll all come. Just seek me first. Get full. Get full. All right? You ready? Get full. You know how you get full? You just ask. You can't do this on your own. You just got to ask God. And here's what I'm praying this week, and I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Here's what I'm asking this week. I'm asking that God fills you so full, starting this morning. It, it may begin right here this morning. He'll fill you so full that it just overflows out of your life. It just begins to dump everywhere you go. You ready? Father, we come to you today. God, I, I know this about the Holy Spirit. It, it, you sent the Holy Spirit to fill us up. Uh, he, he, you sent the Holy Spirit to baptize us, to, to, to make us full and whole. And Lord, I pray right now, God, all we have to do, the Word of God says if we ask, if we seek, you will come and you will fill us up. And we're just asking right now. I pray, God, right now, somebody in their spirit begins to get full. God, I don't want them going out three quarters. I don't want them worrying about going and taking care of anyone else. They just need to get full in front of you. They just need to be at your feet and God getting dumped on. God, their fields need to, to exponentially grow in this next week and the next day and the next month. God, just let them get full. You gave us one thing. Seek the kingdom. Seek you. God, chase after you. God, I'm asking for God chasers in here this morning. Lord, that when we chase you, God, you will feel so full. Each person in the house, each person in the house, each person listening online this morning, God, I pray your spirit will begin to roll. God, that it will begin to move in hearts and lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, just worship him. Sing, Zach. Just worship him. Come on, seek him. Go look at me. gardening analogy. Some of you grow tomatoes, right? And how many know tomatoes are exponential? Uh, right? You put in a tomato plant, you got 500 tomato plants. And you know, get tomatoes. And you can only eat a couple of tomatoes at a time. What do you do when you get a harvest of tomatoes? You give them away. Yep. Yeah. Big juice. All right. Then you give it away because you got too much, right? You're going and knocking on doors. You're telling your neighbors. You're telling your friends. That's what it is. You get harvest in your life. It's just, it's just a normal, automatic outflow. It just is. When you get so much, you don't know what to do with it all. You just start handing it out. You just start giving it away. It's just normal. It's normal. Fill up. Grab a hold of everything he's got for you. It is not selfish. It is biblical. Jesus modeled it. He completely modeled it for us. He did not come back to a crowd. He could have ministered 24-7 while he was here. The Spirit of God could have moved on him to do that. He, he himself got away and filled up. The Son of God. How much more do we need to do that? Well, we're full. Amen? I've watched you. I've watched people here do that. But don't make it a seasonal thing. Don't make it an occasional thing. Make it an all-the-time thing. You 
walking in the room, right? Remember we talked about that at the beginning? You're just walking in the room. You're just throwing seed, all right? Just coming off you everywhere you go. Crossfire seed happening. And you get in with brothers and sisters. That's the amazing, beautiful part of the body of Christ. It happens in small group. It happens where two or three are gathered in his name. It happens in the church. It happens outside of the church. It happens when you go out into the world. It happens when you go to the grocery store. It happens when you walk into a hardware store. It happens, man, it happens at Home Depot, all right? I love Home Depot. All right, it happens at Home Depot, wherever you are. Wherever you are, it's true. One job, fill yourself up. Fill yourself up. Don't settle for three quarters. Don't settle for half. Get a hold of God. Don't settle for, tell him you want it all. You want it all, Amen. Sometimes you got to get stubborn in your faith. You really do. God likes that, all right? You can hang on and you won't let go until you close your pool, amen? You hearing me? Sing one more time. We'll close out singing one last time. And you give somebody a high five, you can pray with them. Pastor Eric's going to come and close. There's people in the back. Prayer team will be back there. If you need individual prayer, we say this every week, but this is important. If you need to pray about something individually, they want to, they want to pray with you. There's prayer warriors back there. They pray all week long um, for needs. They really do. They take it serious. And Pastor Eric's going to close out. I'm going to slip to the back if you want to talk. I'll be glad to talk with you as well. Um, but this week, get full. Get full. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.